Ladies, gentlemen, and all sports fans of Calgary, welcome to your morning show. Sports, life, food, and everything else. This train rarely comes off the rails. We've got big guests, the best insiders, and all the breaking news you need. Boomer in the morning starts now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, I can't speak for the Oilers and I can't speak for the Flames, but I can tell you what, we are ready to start on time. Maybe they want to um, take some notes? Hey, take uh, take your lead from us. I mean, within 60 seconds of when we said we were going to start, we actually started. Now, granted, 60 seconds the other night, you would have been down 2 nothing if you weren't ready. Well, that's like a couple zingers right out of the gate from us, so don't know that we need that so again. So I guess, you know, maybe don't... Uh, quite copy or emulate what we're doing but we're here more or less we're ready to go on a friday on a game day get your helmet on game two round two oilers flames 6.2 here we go yeah um, how many people the last day or so been uh so like what do you think is going to happen in game two like is it going to be like another night where there's maybe it's 11 to 10 15 goals how many goals in game two uh I'm 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 old, but I'm learning a lot this postseason. Are you? That is, this postseason has been, and we're only a couple of games into round two. When you think you see how something's going, mm-hmm. there have been some hard swerves, some big time left hooks in this postseason, either with perf- individual performances or what you expect in terms of results. You go back to that Leafs Lightning. Because they were so lopsided, those games. Wow. That is an emphatic win for the Leafs. First four games. Blow out, blow out, blow out, Tampa Bay might be in trouble here going into... Blow out Tampa Bay. I don't know how the Leafs are ever going to recover from that. They just got destroyed by the defending. Leafs win going away. So, I, I don't know what to tell people. I would suggest that it will not be as high scoring. That's the limb I'm prepared to go out on. That's a, I know. That's a hot take. Bold hot take to so, here right so out of the shoot. You're suggesting take the under if the line is 14 and a half? Yeah, if it's... If it's 14 and a half total goals, you say under. I'll even say double digits. If it's really? like okay. 10 and a half... Yeah. Now, is that a regular time over under or including overtime? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, the one thing that Low, we're predicting scoring, is yeah, what yeah. everyone predicted about the series is that we wouldn't see a 9-5 game. Right. So we're right back to it. <laughs> Why predict anything? What's going to yeah, happen? And I think no bloody clue. I got no how, idea. How do, how do teams play, Dean, when they're up by four goals or down by four goals? Is that really where you go to school on, on where their strengths and weaknesses are? Yeah, it's really. like Joel Colburn scoring on every fourth puck for the last 20 games of the year. Like, sorry, it's junk time. It doesn't matter. I didn't think we get a Joe Colburn. No, no, but you, t- you know, we, yeah. lots of people talk about, well, don't, don't get too sucked in when it's meaningless hockey. Team was out of it last 15 games of the year. Well, you could say the same thing when one team's leading by four because human nature is the foot comes off the accelerator on one side and the other side, well, we're hooped anyway. Let's see what we can do here. Score effects. And for the Flames, specifically Jacob Markstrom, because it was not a good night for him in game one. It was not. There's no, there's no way. It just was not very good. I won't name names, but I was at the game and uh, happened to cross paths with uh, somebody that worked in 
uh, well, for the Flames. And I said, how's your night going? And it was the second intermission. And that person turned to me and said, I think I'm getting ulcers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for Markstrom, you go, it's, well, last round, how did he bounce back after subpar outings? Didn't really nope. have one. No. Nope. Lost games. Obviously, it went to seven. Needed overtime. Yeah, that game where he he got the loss in game two, he allowed that one goal and got no run support, and then they added an empty netter. Didn't put that on him, oddly. I, I didn't through. hang that on Markstrom, game two. Yeah, it's like game two. One goal against? Oh, you allowed one goal, yeah. right. And then, well, three on 31 in game three, but then you bounce one the next game, and then... Won the next game. Three on thirty-three. That's I, that's yeah. That's yeah. So it's, that's over nine hundred. Say so that's not a bad night. The bar is high, and generally he reaches those heights. I also think that if we're looking for reference points, that first round series against Dallas ain't going to work well for the Oilers. Just like when they sort of measure against the LA Kings in round one, the Flames aren't a good comp for how they played LA. Not through not through that game. Not through that first 60 minutes. There was nothing. Like these are very different opponents for both teams. That resembled anything close to what we saw in round one. The LA Kings had one goal score that eclipsed 30. So on the other side, for, for the Oilers, now how do you respond after losses? How has it been for you through round one? Now, again, are the Kings the Flames? No, they're not. Are the Oilers? Clearly they're not. Game one, Mike Smith, four on 35. There was the pizza that he gave away. Smitty Pizzeria. Ends up in his net. Difficult. Comes back. Game two. 30 save. Shutout victory. So he has, and you know, he had two, what, two shutouts? Game seven, game two in, in round one. So he has an ability to play well. I think it's, don't don't get caught because we like to take runs at Smith, partly because he was here and partly because of his style and he is. And his demeanor. A, a little bit. Yeah, I, a lot. You know what though? Goalies, right? Goalies are weird. You got to. You need a little bit of that F the world, F you kind of mentality. Is that sometimes. what it was with you and Kari Ramo? No, he was he was just bad. <laughs> oh, okay, I got you now. He was just bad. Yeah, and, and this guy just ruined Jerome again the retirement night. That's all. Yeah, when he well, stayed behind the net for six, seven, eight backpack. seconds. Like wow. did, you may as well pitch a tent and start boiling water. Dumas, did you know that? What? That you hated Kari Ramo? No, that uh Mike Smith ruined Jerome again the Jersey retirement night. He did. Take me back that night. You, you don't to, need to. You can go to YouTube and do the old one Mississippi, two Mississippi well, count let, on him behind the net. Let's pretend that some of the listeners don't know either, because you've you brought this up, and and uh, you know, ordinarily I like to kind of say, hold your horses, but you maybe have a little bit something here. It was not a great, uh, it was not a great sequence for Smitty. Well, so we did this live on the show, and you're like, no, no, what are you talking about? It couldn't be that bad, and I'm like trying uh -huh. to refresh your memory. Because I, right. I was in the building with my father and like watching my childhood idol, his Mike number Smith. go to the rafters. No, oh. that, no, my adulthood idol Forever is flame. still playing. He's not up in the rafters yet. And I was trying to tell you, like, he must have been behind the net for like a year. And I'm exaggerating to make a point. You're like, well, it can't be that bad. And then we watched it live on the show and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, I that is his worst puck playing episode of his career. When you're Mike Smith, that's a large manila envelope of photos and incriminating information and evidence. For all the breakaway passes he's set up, there are like Smitty Pizzeria. There's a few of those. This is the worst of his career. I challenge anyone to find one worse. 
and it leads to a goal that saps momentum in the building, and they lose to the Minnesota Wild on what was supposed to be an epic night, and was still in my regards. It was regards. Still a great night, yeah. But yeah, that was not... That uh, was the straw that broke the camel's back, dude. That was not a great play. Dude, you just, you just have a little look, Dumas. You let us know when you've uh, absorbed that. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the point... I, what was the point I was even making at... That uh, we were he talking is, about part of the reason he was why he was unliked, or is that he's a, he's a very polarizing figure. I don't think he was beloved in that room, but I think he kind of is in the Oilers' room. And different rooms need different personalities. And you know, certain guys are brought in, known as team guys and good in the room guys, and they don't fit certain places. James Neal sure didn't fit here. Here, I don't know if that was always the case. Troy Brower is supposed to be a glue guy. I don't know that, that was necessarily the case when he was here. I don't think he was a bad guy. But it's just like some rooms guys fit in and some they don't. I don't think Smith Smith fit in really well in this room in the sense that I remember a shellacking at the hands of the Penguins early one year and he'd allow six or something and started talking about how guys got to be better and really didn't use the thumbs. It was a lot of fingers and that struck me early in his tenure here. And I wasn't the only one that noticed that when I started talking to people around the team. Smitty was asked yesterday, about uh, shaking off a rough outing like uh, he specifically had in game one. It's not a great perspective, obviously, to be on the bench nine minutes into a hockey game in the playoffs. But uh, saying that, it's one game. If they won it 2-1 or 9-6, it's still one one win and you got to win four. So I think it's, it's, it's about regrouping now, not letting that affect the rest of the series. I wasn't very good early on in my career, and that's probably why I bounced around a little bit. Well, here, you know what, sorry, that's, mm-hmm. let me set up this clip. Talking about the ability, because he's going back in. We we talked about it yesterday morning. I They're going back to Smith. It makes sense. You go back to Smith. It's if you're if you're already down the. He was very good for them. Jay Woodcroft comes in. Smith goes in the net. All of their defensive numbers go up. His numbers get better. He had again two shutouts in round one. He is not a. I mean, he's he's in the National Hockey League. We, we can have when fun he's on, he's on. It. There's also large swaths where he can't seemingly stay out of his own way in a sense where it's very simple plays look very difficult and there's no opportunity to make second saves because it's a chalk outline in the crease. He's an incredibly volatile goaltender. If you look at his best two week stretch and worst two week stretch of the season, there's probably more variance there than most goalies in the NHL. So Smith was asked about his ability now to shake off a bad outing and then come back the next uh, the next one. I wasn't very good early on in my career, and that's probably why I bounced around a little bit in my career. But you can't take it back, what's happened in the past. So I can sit here and boo-hoo myself, but there's nothing I can do about it now. All you can do is think about what's going to happen next and be ready for tomorrow. So and it would be the same on the other side. If the Flames scored a bunch, gave up a bunch, didn't win... What do you do? You come to the rink the next day. We're down one nothing. Nothing matters. Are there things to work on? Yeah, but that yeah. that could be applicable in a one goal loss or a two goal loss or whatever. Well, and to be fair, like all three goalies in the game, some work to be done. Yeah, Curtis McElhaney, former Flame, who I always wish Tabasco the nickname caught on and didn't. You sure and still oh, do. You no. still trot it out there. Really wish that worked. Maybe we could extend it to stay here a little. Uh, he had he had sent out thoughts and prayers to all the goaltending coaches breaking down video in the Battle of Alberta yesterday. So that would be, you know, in Edmonton, two goalies, in Calgary, mm-hmm. one goalie. Uh, maybe a lighthearted way of noting that there wasn't a, it wasn't really a clinic 
You didn't have to pay a fee and bring your pads and learn how these great goalies got worked on. It was kind of the opposite. More the the shooting yes. gallery and the hmm, little leaky goals, attending change. Yeah, fifteen again. If the over was fourteen and a half, it hit in game one. Markstrom being the Flames goaltender, he also did not have his best, as you uh, have elaborated there. He uh, was asked yesterday, uh, so so what about uh, game one? Well, I thought five would be enough, but, you know, obviously they got the, the six to tie it up right away. But, I mean, the guys responded. The guys were great in front of me. Obviously, I got to be better. And, uh, you know, everyone knows that, and myself included. And uh, But it's, uh, you know, to have a game like that and, and in the playoffs and, and still come out with a win, it's, uh, you know, that's a good feeling. The guys, uh, you know, definitely bailed me out. That does have sort of re- refresh our memories of another quote. I have never been in a game like this. I've coached a lot of games, never in a game like this. 11 scoring chances, nine goals. And let's face it, their goaltender wasn't that good either early on. And it's just one of those games. But I, I, at 8-6, I still think we have a really good chance. They score the ninth one. I think that took the wind out of our sails. Um, yeah, imagine me saying that, huh? <laughs> You heard that too. <laughs> we looked at each other and we knew. We, this goes into the Torts Club. When the ninth goal we went really in, took the until wind. that ninth goal went in, I really thought we had a chance. Is that took, Jay Woodcroft? No, t- I took was, the wind out of our sails. Yeah, it took the wind out of our sails. I wasn't leaving until the ninth one went in. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. I'll tell you. Oof. So, how much do we? What, what kind of carryover is there? I have a feeling it's probably zero. I, I wonder think, if yeah. it's a really tight. Because the Oilers really need it to be now, right? All yes. the focus is on how much they gave up, the the, the starts they've been having. Uh, they I, were awful defensively. Yeah. Like, if there's any carryover, it's physicality and emotional stuff that's gone on in game one. Like, I don't think you need to introduce Evander Kane to Milan Lucic, and I don't think you need to tell Zach Cassian where Lucic is. And Well, here's the thing, so though, Ryan. That, the only thing I'd say is if there's any overlap from game one, I don't think there's anything to do stylistically except that – Guys are going to have their heads up and know where guys are, and I, I would not be surprised if Edmonton tries to do a little more on that front. They, they were rather ineffective. Well, in I was going to say, that as far as a carryover, the Oilers would say there there would be no physical carryover because they did not they were not physical at all. The uh, did, did, hey, did you know? Hey, what, what do these have? What do these? Zach Cassian, Nurse Ryan, CC Duncan Keith, Russell, Nuge, Drysidle, McLeod. What what? What did they all combine to do? Multi-year deals and too much money? No, just kidding. Uh, probably no hits. All of them combined for zero hits, no. and that did not go over well with fans or, I'm guessing, within the locker room. It's the battle Some of, of those Alberta. names especially. Some, yeah, I mean, you can look, don't expect Nuge to be throwing the body, but for Cassian and Nurse. Cassian and Nurse, jeez. And look, I, I keep hang, getting hung up on the cap hit, but when you've watched the Flames and Oilers, or just the Oilers at all this year, do you ever get the sense you're watching a superstar play defense? Because I don't. I think it's a very useful player. I just, I'm baffled. And I, it doesn't matter. They're not paying them anymore. Cap, it doesn't matter. It's the playoffs. I just, he's, he's a good defenseman. This is not, we're not watching a superstar here. I have no idea how they ended up where they're at with him. So anyway, again, yes, you do get caught up on his, uh, on his. I guess you got him hit. for the next eight years. But okay. let's, let's talk about tonight's game. He's clearly got room to be better than he was. Has to be more physical than zero hits. Yeah. I mean, building the building, who knows? But yeah, the kits are a very flimsy stat in the sense that in Edmonton, he might have been credited for two. Who knows? But safe to say, to your point, 
that's a guy, if they're going to be physical, he has to help lead the charge. Ditto Cassian. Certainly Evander Kane's got to be in the battle. If Connor McDavid leads, leads this team and hits the rest of the series, they're not going to win this series. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, that was the flip side of the things that went wrong for the Oilers and that had fans in a, in a twist is that Connor McDavid had five hits to lead the team. Evander Kane, four. Josh Archibald, four. I mean, Yamamoto had three. They, they need to be more physical, and I think they will be. I think that we saw that against Dallas, two very different teams. But when, when that side of your game is a pro, when it's called into question, I think most teams find a way to dig in and get that done. Now, does that distract from the, the task at hand? I don't think so. I still think that McDavid's a beast. I still think their power play is going to be a factor in this series. Especially if they get chintzy calls like they did in game one. Goodness. What about the Flames? They also, despite winning, have to shrug that thing off from the other night. You're not getting nine tonight. I'm going to get another and limb. You better I'm gonna, not allow six tonight. Right? You you aren't going to be able to probably outscore yourself. And you probably won't be able to just kick back and hit the snooze button for 15 minutes tonight either, you think? In the middle of the game. Right. Let alone at the end. Not in an intermission. Treated it like one in a sense. So do they come back? Do you? No, nothing wrong with the start. Obviously, their start was tremendous. The Oilers hated theirs. Flames loved theirs. You need to come out and ha- had the same way you prepared for that game. Don't change anything. But once the puck drops, and maybe that's just the, the nature of that game, and I think that is part of it. When there's that many pucks going in, and the emotions are that high, and you're all in your first battle of Alberta, the whole everything, all the focus that was on it, I think it was just one of those nights. The Flames, as we know, have not been very good in game twos of playoff series. They lose last round. It's been years since they've won a game two of a series. Now, does that affect this? No. What they did in 04 doesn't affect what they... Not a lot of overlap from those two teams. ...what these, uh, these players will do tonight. I am interested in, for, for Daryl Sutter, what specifics he went through with the team, what was important, and what was not important at all in his eyes. I almost think games one tape has nothing to, game one's tape has nothing to do with it. I think his game plan for the series remains that. They didn't execute it. Hey, guys, remember before game one, the things we talked about? Let's talk about those again. So here's how we want to play the Oilers. Here was Sutter asked about, despite the victory, what they need to clean up you know we don't really talk about defensive responsibilities very much to our group quite honest it sounds crazy because you scored nine goals our passing and our shooting and our skill execution was very sloppy quite honest you're fortunate to win you give Connor not give Connor McDavid but played 25 minutes and had goal and three assists and you know he was a dominant player last night so there's a couple things in there he said we, we didn't really talk about the defensive side of our game. We talked about the offensive side. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess with all the goals going in, I wasn't really, I didn't spend a lot of time wondering if the passes could have been more crisp or, or anything else. Uh, that's be, be better offensively. Defensively, we were fine. If we get the saves that we usually get, we win that hockey game 10 times out of 10 with how the other team played. That six, totally. that six went in is still is still baffling. And I think of the things that are going to write themselves, I think that's at the top of the list. 
the I feel like the Oilers squandered a night where they got to Markstrom. And I, I kind of would push you know back on that in a way. But but here's why I'm saying that because now Markstrom's radar is way up. Mm-hmm. He'd, I, I he'd have been embarrassed in game one. He was embarrassed. Now, so how many goals did the Oilers score when the game was close? I don't. So, so the, I just think six yes, beat a Vesna nominee. We agree on that. We don't have this. Yes, we know that. I just think to say you got to the goal or like we wasted six. Like Jay Woodcroft continually says six goals, six goals on the starter, six goals in the other team's rink, six goals on the division lead. Like, do you think if this was a one goal game, one nothing, one one, two one, two two, that they get to six? I don't at all. I think being up by four twice has a lot to do with six getting in. So you don't think Markstrom's play had anything to do with it? It was of just course a situational. But the team in front of him took how much time off in game one? What did you think earlier? Like we, I said, fifteen minutes. He didn't push back. Right? I said he uh, of the goals he let in. I I said it early on. You could see it early in the game. He wasn't right. So you think game script had nothing to do with him along six or something? I am saying he wasn't good in game one. I regardless, agree. Of no it. one's saying he's and it has good. nothing to do with what was happening in front of him. Hyman going below the goal and circling and curling and shooting that puck. That's not because they took their foot off the gas. That's a bad goal. Zone time would be a result of them playing poorly, and yes, there was bad goals. I just think you're you're buying into what Jay Woodcroft is selling. I'm not as, buying. It. I said it yesterday before I heard anything from Woodcroft. Okay, okay, but my point is that if you think they were going to score six in a tight game, where you know, like I think take the six out of it. Thanks. It was it was an off night for Markstrom, yes, and they clearly. didn't win. And then now what? What I'm telling you is, I feel like that was an embarrassing one for Markstrom. Yeah. And everybody else had a great time. I don't know that he had a great time. Uh, yeah, I don't. His think... his radar is up, and he will he will have to be better. And I think he will be better. And I do think that the Oilers, however you, it's the playoffs. Whether the Flames took their foot off the gas, they scored six. It's the facts. And I don't think they're getting six tonight. Right, but the notion that they've wasted something is uh, I, I just have a tough time with that. They never led once. They, it was tied for maybe a total of three minutes the whole game. Anyway, he needs to be better. You know he'll be better. And if the Oilers can hang a crooked number on him again, we might have a storyline in the series. I don't know that that's going to be easily done because he's going to be motivated, to your point, and the team in front of him structurally has a lot more to give. Just trying to think of other, like, obviously, Ottinger was unbelievable the entire round. Vasilevsky was a little bit up and down. Yeah, awful in the blowouts, really good in games, what, six and seven they needed to win. Yeah, obviously Toronto, just thinking of teams that have moved on. I don't know, you saw Kemper last night. He was good until he wasn't good. There were a couple deflected pucks. Bennington it's, was really good when he entered that series against Minnesota. Yeah. He's probably the guy that's been almost perfect he made, since what, he came 50 in. 50 saves despite 51 losing game one. game one, I think. So anyway, I... I'm just curious. I, I feel like it's the everything is going to be ratcheted tight tonight. Of course. So it can't be it, as loose as game one, can it? It might be the exact opposite tonight. Which where, is a scary spot for the Flames, isn't it? When you're if could be. let's say you're it's a one nothing game and they've got Connor McDavid. <sighs> they should feel they don't have to go far far back to know what it's like to play in a tight game. They were in seven of them against Dallas. Yeah, but the, the difference is that Dallas's game breakers no weren't question. noticeable. Hints and Robertson, hardly saw him. Pavelski, good series, but not take over a game good. This team has a guy that I thought they defended pretty well at times in game one and ended up with four points. Now, he was a dash one, and they certainly did things in his end when he was on, 
but almost all of those six goals that they got were manufactured by one human. Rebound chances, backdoor passes, wide open looks, scoring himself. But that's not new. Of course not. But that's, that's how they make the playoffs. That's how they get through round one. That's what that's what frustrates Flames fans or anybody who doesn't like the Oilers. It's why they don't get them. through round one. It's why they've only gotten through round one once before. Is because if it's not McDavid, where would you be what, without? What this do you guy? have? But but they do, and they will tonight. So and so, I'm with you. We're on the same page of the hymn book here. This is, should be a much tighter game, and it should not be comfortable. This will not be laughing and smiling. This will be a much more tense, hostile, contentious building. You don't think uh, Shillington will be smiling with that bleep-eaten grin? Well, if he, if they get their eighth <laughs> goal and he's in the box at this time, then he can do it again. But yeah. No, I don't think I'm with it. I don't yeah, think that's happening. That was one of my favorite moments, by the way. You, yeah, I saw one. you posted that. It was so great. Partly because there was the well, why did Kachuk get out and show what's the what's the and then Kachuk scores the goal, but the nonstop yakety yak between Kachuk and Kane for m- minutes on end prior to the goal going in, and just the look. I mean, just the look that he gives to Kane is perfect. It's the innocent bystander <laughs> chuckle. Like, yeah. Ooh, he got you there, didn't he? Oh, yeah. There were a few moments in that one. I I wonder for the Oilers with so much, we, we talk about with the Flames sometimes, when the physical nature of your game is called into question and you come in, you're going to show everybody. You're going to show the other team. You're going to show the coaches. You're going to show the media. Look at us. Look, you think we're soft? Watch this. Mm-hmm. And then it's penalties and the game gets away from you. I That'll be one of the things I'll be curious about for the Oilers. Do they come out ready to puff up their chest and prove that they can, they can hang in the alley with these guys? I think if Woodcroft is sending messages it's we need one win for a split and we're in the driver's seat I, I i don't think you try to make amends for game one so much as just hey we haven't played our game we play our game tonight we could be home ice in a best of five that's got to be the message because you can't make up for what happened in game one there's whew, there's a lot wrong there yeah pushed around awful defensively both goalies are brutal like there's there's you can't even work off that game one it's burn the tape and remember how we played for the last 20 games of the year whatever it was we'll talk more about it as the morning goes on obviously we got Stephen Brun after seven I three three times yesterday once on the air with you and then at least twice throughout the rest of the day had to go to my phone to see what day it is I don't even I know hmm. that the one day was game one and today is game two but beyond that, that's the cycle now. And it's great. When you're a hockey fan, it reminds me of 2004. Mm-hmm. When you get into a run that goes a few games, all you know is, is it it's game day or not game day? You just get into, and I'm guessing that's even more so for a player or a coach. But when you're a fan or whatever, the game was last night. Okay, you can breathe. There's, they don't play tonight. Okay, so okay, take a deep breath. Okay, well, we got to ramp up. What day is it? I, well, I don't know. It's game day. What, what, what do you want? Is, it, is they practice today or are they gaming today? Is it skate or game? What do we got here? I didn't know if it was what day it was yesterday. Oh, Interestingly, so. we looked at the calendar last year, May 19th, or yesterday, May yeah. 19th, back in 04, was the night they clinched the San Jose series. So exactly wow. that. that's yeah. how far behind we are on the calendar. Now, there's been some creep. In the NHL schedule, but then this season as well is just Lob- late getting started, Olympic break, all that, right? Lobby creep? Lobby creep. 
Who's lobby creep? Remember? Or is that before you? No, I remember lobby. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, it was uh dude from upstairs <laughs> who would always show up a little bit early. Just a little bit early. Didn't oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just <laughs> to chat up. Yeah, 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 spinning yarn at the old front desk there. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get it going. It's a game day, we everybody. Go, we have got we lower ball tickets to give away. Be listening for your code word. It's coming up. This building tonight. 8.30 puck drop. Long weekend. Battle of Alberta. Round two of the playoffs. And I'm looking yeah, at headstones I... today. <laughs> well, this coffin comes with the silk sheet. Uh, How much? Yeah, I can go cotton. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just a corpse at this point. Yeah, the atmosphere is going to be wild because you've got nuts. You've got Flames fans who will be excited yet a uh, little. We're ready. We're ready. And Oiler fans will be a little quiet. But well, yeah. big game for the Oilers here. It feels Huge. like it. Well, you either steal yeah. home ice or you're in a two-zero hole. Yeah, it feels like it. And then you think you can win four or five against the Flames if you lose this one? That's the that's the spot you put yourself in if you do. And then Sunday. Oh, boy. Up at their barn. The old Kate Stone will be rocking, Dane. Sweat hogs. So Let's great. go. Battle of Alberta. Thank you, hockey gods. Loving every minute of it. Brunt coming up. Tickets. Trafford. Stanley. Uh, Sounds like two men's clothing lines. It's a lot. It? Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot for you today on a game day. Get your helmet on. Sportsnet 960, the fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Friday program. We're underway. Stephen Brunt in under an hour to kick off hour two. Flames game day, Flames Oilers game two, 8.30 start, 7.30 warm up. And you're just going to be rolling all day here on your home of the Flames. Boomer in the Morning brought to you by Sundry Golf Club, unforgettable countryside golf that's only a short drive from the city. Enjoy 18 holes of tranquil golf nestled in central Alberta. Season memberships are on sale now as are 12 game packs. Get out of the city and onto the green and experience Sundry Golf Club. Home of the 2022 Alberta Open Championship. How about that? June 21st to 23rd. It's a month away. It's an open, Dean. Are you, uh, mm-hmm. you going to go try to get into that thing? Ah, uh, well, you know, I'm... Uh, Working on my uh, my handicap right now. Pardon me? That's right. Book your tea times, sundrygolf.com. There we go. Oh, man. I've got something that's going to blow your mind. Is I hope that you right? haven't seen it yet. It's kind of not like your wheelhouse, so I'm hoping you haven't seen it. But it's also crazy enough that it might have gone mainstream. Well, you know, hey, we'll, we'll find, will we find out in the next segment? In this, we this we thing? sure will. All right. That's, uh, that's good to know. Pinder Report. Brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all competitors. Quotes, 51st Ave, 3rd Street, Southeast. Ryan Pinder. Ryan Pinder. Ryan Pinder. Thank you. So tight, tightly produced intro that we just play every time we do the Pinder Report. It's a beautiful thing. My name's Ryan Pinder, and that song was about a man named Ryan Pinder. It, it is. What yeah. were the odds of Which that? Just not you. Just somebody else. Incredibly yeah. rare feat. Something that happened I didn't see. Uh, hey, here we go. You ready? 
think so. A lot of pressure on him, though. A lot of pressure on him. I don't know who we're talking about, but maybe both these teams. Maybe me, maybe it's producer Dumas. Whatever it is, it's BOI 6.2 tonight, Dean. Practice yesterday. It was a non-game day yesterday. You, knew, you didn't know what day it was, but you knew it was a practice day, not a game day. Because mm-hmm. it was game day, then it's practice day, so today... Game day. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Put your helmet on, right? Yeah? Hmm? Tan of skating again? <laughs> Why? 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 Are we close, or are we just practicing? We're just skating. It's the playoffs. Don't ask these questions. I, I hope it is only... My hopes, dreams, and wishes are that this is only to try to throw the Oilers off the scent of the real lineup, which would just be amazing. Just all, what do you call that? Oh, look over here. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other hand. <laughs> so are you suggesting he is skating? Well, he is skating. Despite having zero chance of playing? He's it's been skating just- for nearly a week and not playing now, as he skated last Saturday, didn't play in Game 7, skated ahead of Game 1, didn't play in Game 1, and skated now ahead of Game 2, and yet... Maybe you don't change a winning lineup, Ryan. Maybe it's like superstitious. It's Clearly, he's dinged up. It's just a matter of uh, pain and what he can and can't do in practice. I've noticed a little less physical than playoff gameplay. Hmm. Nice to have him, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not holding my breath, so to speak. Daryl Sutter was asked about the team preparing for game two. We can play better than we did tonight. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to score as much, but you good, definitely could. Good to have that, for mm. sure. That's a very elaborate description of where things need to improve. They need to be better than we were tonight. So, yeah, other things he wanted to sort of see for, you know, tonight? Um, I think talk about what our game plan is for the series to make sure that we're on task for that and and uh, make sure we're trying to execute that. Yeah, I don't know that they were on task for game one in a way. It was all I did like them when it was close. At 0-0, I liked them until about 3-4-1. And then at 6-6, I liked them till the end. Both teams were so caught up in the emotion of it. I don't I don't think Sutter would have had a hard time coming in and trying to convince them that that was a, to a man. They would know it was crazy. It was wild. It was awesome being in it. Game two, totally different. Yeah, we heard it from uh, Kachuk postgame, and we also heard Daryl laughing and joking about, oh, I just asked him to score 7 to 10. Like, Reset. They, they get it. That's not what they need to do to win the series, but they'll take the win, no doubt about it. All eyes on the goalies tonight, the three that touch the ice. Uh, not good in <laughs> game one. None worse, perhaps, than Mike Smith, uh, who allowed the first two shots to go in, which changed the tone and tenor of the game and the crowd, and then was yanked prior to the midway point of period one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it started very well. I mean, that's for when they, when you get scored on the first minute into a game. It's it's uh, it's not what we're lo- we're looking for. So um, saying that it happened and needed to move on, but couldn't get it done in the first there, and we're chasing all game. They, they sure were. Uh, Markstrom, meanwhile, not great either. His thoughts? The guys responded. The guys were great in front of me. Obviously, I got to be better. And, uh, you know, everyone knows that, and myself included. And uh, But it's, uh, you know, to have a game like that and, and in the playoffs and, and still come out with a win, it's, uh, you know, that's a good feeling. The guys, uh, you know, definitely bailed me out. So, uh, you know, now we're excited for, for tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, this from Frank Cervelli 20 minutes ago. Uh, the Oilers can get a better start from Mike Smith and clean up their own end and be more physical. But can they overcome injuries to two of their three best players? Darnell Nurse may be more injured than Leon Dreisaitl from the mouth of Frank 20 minutes ago on Twitter. 
So that maybe that's why I didn't see a superstar defenseman on the ice in game one for the Oilers. Well, we know that he was injured at the end of the season, right? That's right. There was a question of whether he'd be ready for game one, and he had the coy answers and winking at people, and we'll have to wait and see. But uh, all right, first public out loud talk that he might be more dinged up than Leon. Interesting. It's Sarah Valley. Something to watch. Yeah. He's Digging on fire. deep. Yeah. I'd just be absolutely day drunk and covering the series in another city, useless. He's just digging, you getting you wouldn't gold. be able to tweeting by now. No, God, no. You'd be trying to find out where your wallet is. Be like, where is okay? North is which way? There's cloudy, and I'm lost. Where am I? Which gutter is this? Do I know which quadrant of the city I'm in? Hmm. Uh, okay, elsewhere, eight thirty start tonight, which is playoff for eight forty-five. Hmm. That doesn't make sense. I don't know what, why, how, but I'm okay with it. It's one more round for the fellas and the ladies to get festive. Sure. Saturday tomorrow. Long weekend. Start it wherever you want. We'll start pregame at 7.30. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, That's warm-up with Pat. The way you look, the way you move, smell your hair. I'm real. Word. That's my Ja Rule impression. I do get the sense that Pat could be a hair sniffer, depending on how late in the night it gets. I tend not to be around Pat. I, you're missing the best of Pat, certain, I'm telling you. At it's, a certain point. It, you've well, painted I'm, him with one brush, and it's the Regis read and the Monday Night Football, but he is uh, he can let his hair down, so to speak, at night. Mm. Hair sniffer. Uh, I mean, also, Labardi is going to join him on the pregame as well. They love their sauce. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Oilers either steal home ice, Dean, or the Flames are up 2-0 going to Edmonton. It's a big one. Rowdy crowd and all that. Going to be fun. Now, there is a bit of bad news through tonight's game. Oh, yeah? There'll be no red lot. Yeah. Due to damage suffered on the site during yesterday's windstorm and inclement weather in the forecast, the community viewing party at the red lot not happening for game two tonight nor game three on Sunday. But fear not. Flames announcing they'll open the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for the Sea of Red family viewing party. That's a game three. They'll open the doors at five. It'll be a free ticketed event. Head to their website for more info. That's Sunday's Game 3 family viewing party inside the Dome. If it's rainy, who cares? It's It's got a roof on it still, I think. It Maybe didn't come off with tonight. that empty netter? With the, we'll yeah, see. Exactly. Okay. That's too bad because that, uh, that red lot had kind of taken on a life. It was starting to get some It'll be back. notoriety. I'm hopeful, Dean. It'll be back. And uh, until then, shelter in the Dome. Tickets will go on sale 9 a.m. tomorrow morning for Sunday's Game three, not game day, but tomorrow. Got it, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Let's take a spin around the league. Uh, Last night, we opened up with the Battle of Florida. You know who's having a whale of a series, and we thought he was dead like three years ago? Scory Perry. On tour in the box. Now Stamkos. Score! Power play, the Lightning connect for the fourth time in this series on the redirect. It is Corey Perry. Again, two points in game one. Remember when he was on waivers with Montreal at league minimum? Nobody wanted him. Two power play goals in the two games. That's now four for him. This is a great spot where he can just be himself. And you know what they've done with point out? He'll play on the fourth line with Maroon and some other Lugans, but also they'll spot him with Cooch now and then. Well, it's, his brain still Ooh. works at a high level. I, it, it's easy to really hate the way he plays and all of that, but part of it is he's really good, and even now yeah, still 
It was and, one. And he took, see, he took a puck in uh, warm up. That was good. Yeah, right off the. Yeah, that was all right. So he had to get uh, get glued up down the tunnel and back. That was the theme of the night for the Lightning. A lot of block shots. Stamkos sacrificing the body. Twenty four in all, Ryan. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Let's go to the second period. One nothing. Bolts. Not Lusterinen with uh, the, the goal that ties the game at one. And off we go to the third period where it appeared overtime. The scent was in the air, Dean. Or was that just that hot dog hut shutting down in the concourse? Let's have a whiff. Five minute Kutrov, five to go. Kutrov, put it in front! Score! Score! Ross Colton with 0.9 seconds left! Incredible! 2-1 <laughs> <Two on> Lightning! <laughs> Could you have magic? Uh, sorry for your ears. I know you want the TV I, calls. I, Let's just hear the TV version of that. Sorry about that, Dean. Just wipe that from your memory. Just... Down to the final five. Kucherov behind the Florida net. On in front, they score! In the final seconds, Ross Colton. Lightning with a 2-1 lead. Yeah, that's better. One guy wasn't apoplectic. I think I know what that word means. What if you had uh, Tampa Bay in, uh, you know, sixty minute on your on your little oh, ticket? Oh my regulation win, Dean. So you you pat you. Oh you, you my figure, goodness! You figure that maybe you didn't? Did it, you? It's gonna go to overtime. Dino plus one eighty. Oh! Yeah, you did. <laughs> He's on a Couldn't heater. Believe it. God bless you. I love it. Now, Incredible. That's what that was <laughs> me. Incredible. Three point um, eight seconds left. Yeah, they, it was point nine in the building, and then they looked yeah. at it. It was actually just a hair under four. And uh, the question Oof. that was being asked because Mackenzie Weger, the weak dog, he's kind of he's in front of the net. He's in good space. This is a defenseman for the Florida Panthers. The Yo. puck goes below the net. His D partner is already below the net as well. He what, decides uh, to go down there. What you doing there, Weeks? Um, I don't know where Weeger is going here. It's a very... <laughs> you got to hold the front of the net. That's right. So McKenzie uh, taking some shots. Known for it. his uh, defensive play question mark. 2 nothing series lead for the Bolts. And uh, Ross Colton's world, we're just living in it. What's going on with Florida's power play? Uh, still over. Over four last night. Over seven in the series. Over twenty-five. Over twenty-five in the postseason. Guys, hello. Look at your players. You can score here. That's uh, Andrew Brunette. <laughs> That's wondering WTF is wrong with his power really play. Really going at that whiteboard. Yeah. Just six goals in two games in the Battle of Florida so far. Am I right there? Six in two games. And one went to... Well, and you talk power plays, oh, nothing geez. on the one side, and that's now four in two games for the Lightning. Where's the Panthers' offense, Dean? Where are they hiding it? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, right? At this point, I put Kodak Black in front of the net. Like, you got to get some screens going. <laughs> Park the ball. St. Louis and Colorado. Physical, it's physical it's in front of the net. Net front presence. It's a screen. That's right. Take the goalie's eyes. Watch this. Uh, Blues got to work after a scoreless first period. Here's O'Reilly now to Cairo skating it in. Cairo toe drags, he scores! High glove on Kemper! What a shot from Cairo! 
Straight away, Butchnevich to Perron. One-timer, he scores! Perron, power play goal! 2-0 St. Louis. Uh, Abs would strike early in the third to make this interesting. Mm -hmm. Backs against the boards. Landeskog out in front for Kadri. Score! Oh, captain! My captain! It's a power play goal for the Avalanche. It comes early in the third period, and the Avalanche have cut the deficit in half. 2-1 Blues. A dandy from Landy? There's, there's so, some... Isn't there another rhyme that's supposed to happen there? I don't know. I don't know. Midway through the third, it's 2-1. Should be tense, right? And then the guy that no one ever wants, but still just always good, ice this thing. The Blues go to battle, and they create a two-on-one bringing it up. Perron and Butchnevich. Perron shoots, he scores! David Perron underneath the pad of Kemper, and they're back up by two. Remember after year one in Vegas, it's like, well, boy, James Neal's going to get paid. Perron, eh, I don't know. Different paths since then. Remember Perron was an oiler? Yes. And a duck? Yes. And a three times, right? I believe, a blue? Perron, two last night. He's got seven goals in eight games. Jeez, settle down. Now, granted, that was a bit of an S-burger on uh, Kemper there. I don't oh, know what happened. But, uh... They'd had an empty netter series tied at one. That's the first loss of the year in the playoffs for the Avs, Dean. It is. Big response for the Blues. Outshot 54-25 game one. Mm-hmm. Losing overtime. Outshoot them 32-31 last night. Well, you get to talk about your wagering exploits. How about I had an Avs regulation win. Avs minus one and a half. McKinnon anytime goal. And a McKinnon scores first. Gross. Yeah, it's pretty yucky. Tonight, Rangers at Hurricanes. El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. Unbelievable. Yeah, this one will catch tonight ahead of the Battle of Alberta. I'm glad. Make sure we keep that. Unbelievable. Sportsnet at six. And you can thank Sportsnet at six for Flames. And Oilers at 8.30 slash 8.45. They're starting the... Carolina, what are you doing? It's all fine. Okay, it's Friday. Fine. We're okay with it. We're okay with it, everyone. Other NHL news. Jack Adams finalist announced. Daryl Sutter in the news. Huh? And now how pumped up is Daryl going to be? A, it's a regular season award. And B, sports writers get to vote on it. Uh, Daryl, catching bouquets from the media yesterday. Let's have a listen. Well, it's not the best coach, first off. If the coaches voted on the best coach every year, you'd see quite a bit different list the last 15 years. So the way I look at it is I don't don't need that uh, on my resume. Some guys do. So I'd rather see young guys win it, quite honest. Or guys that have maybe got a raw deal somewhere, like a guy like Gerard. Got a raw deal in Florida, got a raw deal in Vegas. If I had a vote... I know who I'd vote for. <laughs> he hates it. I actually was saying that too. I'd, I'd take the Jennings over. Okay. over that. He'd rather Anytime. have the Jennings team. Anytime. Of course he would. Playoff team. He knows Playoff it's team. not Waylon Jennings, right? Because I feel like he would oh, be. Oh, he a... would like Waylon Jennings, yeah. yeah. You don't get a, like, a live concert from Waylon Jennings and you win the thing? That's weird that Daryl didn't come out. He wasn't and too thrilled. And talk about how much that would mean to him to win the Jack Adams. In fact, not only was he just sort of lukewarm on it, he kind of shot down the award and its importance and said they don't get it right and that, frankly, he doesn't need it on his resume. Well, he doesn't and, want anything to do with it. And remember earlier well, this... Well, it's not the best coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
not the best coach. No, I mean, not it, even know. It matters to some guys, but not me. I remember earlier this year, he was asked, he's like, well, actually, Jack Adams was a jerk. <laughs> he was actually an a-hole, <laughs> if you remember back. So the uh, the Jack Adams Award oh, man. really, uh, it's got t- him spiced up for sure. Take it or leave it, apparently. He should win it in the landslide, and he'll probably hate it. Uh, <laughs> the other nominees are Gerard Gallant, who he would vote for. And Andrew Burnett, who he would not vote for because he's only going to have one. Can you imagine if that... If we had an award ceremony? Daryl Tuxedo walks up to the podium. He's not the best coach, first <laughs> off. If the coaches <laughs> voted on the best coach every year, you'd see a quite a bit different list the last 15, 15 years. years. Oh, okay. So, Thank you. It's Daryl uh, Sutter, everyone. Some, some guys do. Some guys. I don't need it. Some guys do. Uh, other news in hockey yesterday. How about this? In the WHL draft, Chloe... Primarano, drafted by the Vancouver Giants. She, the first female skater ever selected in a CHL draft. Now, there's been goalies, but not skaters before. Uh, really impressive season with the Burnaby Winter Club. Congrats. It's an impressive achievement. Uh, North Vancouver girl getting drafted by the Vancouver Giants. Cool. Major League Baseball will go there. Hey, uh, Dino, do you know why the Jays aren't tearing the cover off the ball this year? Yeah, who the hell knows? You know, I don't know. You don't know. And I'm sure he doesn't know. All right. Well, I mean, do you How know? How am I supposed to know if Gibby doesn't know? Exactly. Uh, they're back at the Rogers Center after a day off. Three games set against the Cincinnati Reds, who, I'll put it politely, they blow. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Jay's bats finally getting healthier. Teoscar Hernandez is back. Danny Jansen's back. But now the arm's a bit under the weather. Uh, Tim Meza, forearm tightness. Huh. Is that right? And eh? Romano, he's got a little bit of non-COVID illness as well. Hasn't been available. We'll see where he's at for tonight. Hopefully you don't need a closer because it is the Reds. But they're also facing Luis Castillo. He's only pitched twice this year. He's supposed to be their ace. It's, it'll be Hyunjin Ryu for the Jays. The big Korean Sharp in his return from the IL last weekend, earning a win against the Rays. Manoa and potentially Kikuchi slated at the fall. Of 5 o'clock on Sportsnet 1, Dean. You get an hour of Jays before they finally get going in the Carolinas. Unbelievable. Uh, NBA game two between the Heat and the Celtics. Let's have a glance at what happened there. Smart. Step back. Three-pointer. It's good. Marcus Smart. What a game for him. 21 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. A 30-point lead for the Boston Celtics here in game two. Yeah, they'd eventually win by 25. Not There's been a lot of blowouts here. Three three games into round three, and they've all been blowouts. Yeah. Golden State two nights ago. Yeah, and then the Miami blow Boston in the so now this one's all square one one. Tonight it'll be Golden State hosting Dallas. Canadian Andrew Wiggins smothered Luka Doncic in game one. We'll see if we can do that again. Good luck to you. You know who'll be watching Luka? With proud eyes. Stop. Mavericks fans, Dean. What do you mean stop? They're gonna be watching at home. They don't have to worry about the stars being on TV at the same time. Just a dirt bag. You get your head out of the gutter. Golden State leads that series one game to none, as you alluded to earlier. Wait, that's your Oh, okay. I, that's your... Oh. Oh. Really? I thought that was your... I thought maybe that was your... Wow. But it's not... Are you... Oh. Wow. PJ Championship at Southern Hills. Now, that sounds like a smooth bourbon, doesn't it? I'll, I'll get uh, a shot of that Southern Hills barkeep. Oh, lovely. Yeah, the, the Southern Hills. This is one of my favorites. The, well, now it's like hillbillies. You're... you're, you're, you're it's Southern Hills, Dean. How are you supposed to say Southern well, Hills? Southern Hills, maybe it, it sound more more refined, more like a, a high end beverage. I don't think a hillbilly would be going. They'd Here's be like a, a, some Southern Hills. Give Southern me some, Hills, give me some Jack on the rocks. Rory McIlroy five under. 
Uh, Hogue and Zalatoris, one stroke back. Hogue. JT and Matt Kuchar, two back. And a tough day for a lot of good golfers. First off, the three Canadians. Matt Hughes, seven over. Woof. Corey Connors, six over. No bueno. Adam Hadwin, the best of the bunch, at plus three. Eh. And some other good golfers not from Canada also struggled. Patrick Cantley, six over. Brooks Kapka five over. Tiger Woods, four over. Spieth and Morikawa, two over par. Here are the stats of the day, though. Someone finally did the legwork, did the research, and has brought us the data. You know how we love data, Dean? Totally. John Daly's stats, two over on the day. He gets a cart. Not a lot of tournaments allow him to get a cart. 21 smokes, 12 Diet Cokes, six bags of peanut M&Ms, and zero ounces of water. That's his 18 holes plus two. Okay. One more time. 21 smokes. 18 holes, right? So more than a smoke a hole. Do we, have a, do we have a smoker here? How many how many uh, nails come in a, in a deck of darts? I feel like that's over a deck. I feel like a deck is 20. I think they come in 25s and 20s. Okay, so 21 darts. 12 Diet Cokes, which is like two six-pack with the handle things. 12 DCs. <laughs> that's a lot. And how many? Six bags of peanut M&Ms, which is kind of a low number. It's really only going through a bag of peanut M&Ms well, every three holes. But is that the Costco bag? Like the, no, it's a regular bag. With the Ziploc on the top? No, 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 no. And zero water might be the most impressive feat. Water? <laughs> what do you need water for? I got 12 Trust DCs. Trust me, I'm fully hydrated. <laughs> he loves Diet Cokes. Yeah, he loves darts too, dude. <laughs> It's a lot of things he loves. Syntax taking away his career in Because you know, he didn't just start doing that. No. How is he living? That's been... His beard's gone yellow. I don't know, man. I'm worried about him. Goosh. Finally, Calvary FC in action this weekend. Tomorrow, 1.30. Open for some soccer! Busy little stretch of them. They host Valor, Patty, at Echo yeah. Field. 1.30 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Off day in the Flames Oilers right, series. Yeah. And then next week, they welcome the Whitecaps of the MLS to Adco Field. That's an off day between Flames and Oilers as well. It's Calgary Sporting Gods. Very happy about it's all it. Coming together. And we'll chat later in the program with Mason Trafford, who plays and does the business for them. What kind of business? Doing uh, the business. Some sort of the sales and marketing brands. Uh, and uh, uh, synergies. Uh, TCB, that's what I did. Taking care of business. Uh, yeah, he's right. getting coffee because he closes, okay? Mm. That's your Pinder Report. Brought to you by Motorworks. Exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they are going to meet and beat all of the competitor quotes. 51st Ave, 3rd Street, Southeast. Stephen Brunt, next. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.